Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, here's another show with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And today, I have the honor and privilege of having Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. on the show with me. Bishop Jackson was just in the Oval Office last week, last Friday, on Good Friday, and he had a word for all of us. He prayed for the country. He prayed for the president. It was absolutely a beautiful thing to witness. Bishop Harry Jackson was one of the, uh, he's a leading researcher on the black church. His book entitled High Impact African American Churches, co-authored with George Barna, was nominated in 2005 for the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association Gold Medallion Award. Bishop Harry Jackson was one of the chief conveners of the Reconciled Church, Healing the Racial Divide Moment, an effort to heal the racial division first in the church and then in the nation. He is also founder and chairman of the High Impact Leadership Coalition, HILC. The HILC has become an agent of healing for our nation by educating and empowering churches and community leaders to make grassroots improvements in their communities, states, and nation. Jackson has appeared as a guest on The O'Reilly Factor, Crossfire, The Kelly File, Fox and Friends, NewsHour, Face the Nation, CBS Evening News, The Tavis Smiley Show, BET Evening News, 700 Club, Tony Brown's Journal, and CBN News. He has been featured in articles in the, in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, The Baltimore Sun, The Washington Post, The Washington Times, The Philadelphia Inquirer, and the Chicago Defender. Bishop Jackson is senior pastor of Hope Christian Church in the Washington, D.C. area with 2,000 attendees and serves as the presiding bishop of the 7,000-plus Ambassadors of Hope Fellowship. He has also personally authored several other books, including his newest, You Were Born for More. He earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in English from the prestigious Williams College and a Master's of Business Administration from Harvard Business School. His secular work experience includes positions in several Fortune 500 companies. Without any further ado, my guest, Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. Bishop, it is such a pleasure and a privilege to have you on with me today. How are you doing today, sir? Great, David. It's an amazing season of time to be alive in the kingdom. Yes, yes, indeed it is. You know, it's uh, it's such a pleasure to see what you've been able to uh, do, the doors that God has continued to open for you. You've been such a longtime advocate for conservative values. And unlike, unfortunately, unlike so many pastors of all races that will refuse to to champion certain issues that seem to be more taboo. You've, you've hit them nail straight on the head. You've continued to push for so many true social just justice issues. Uh, the real ones championing the lives of unborn babies, championing for the rights of, uh, of marriage to stay in its biblical form between a man and a woman. And you've been a close personal fr- president, a uh, friend of president Donald Trump for, for quite a while. How long have you known president Donald Trump? Well, I've only known him a little more than four years or so. I met him at the early part of 
the campaign process, I had this inward feel as a preacher, prayer warrior, that God was doing something unique in him. And I'll never forget running a presidential debate in South Carolina. And I invited uh, then candidate Trump, along with uh, Ben Carson and folks from the Republican side. And we began to introduce issues like criminal justice reform, along with life, along with marriage, along with many of the traditional moral issues of our generation that Christians would be concerned about. And I was impressed, even though he did not come to that event, thousands were in attendance, but it wasn't as huge as the rallies that he's having. But his people were very, very kind. They seemed to take an interest in what I had to say, my opinions. And out of that interaction with the staff, I was invited to smaller meetings and then to the larger Christian meetings and then became an advisor. So I've met with him over these last few years, many, many times with small groups, many times with just a few people, three or four people in the room. As on Friday, I was there with the vice president by myself. I sat directly next to him at his table at dinners. It's been an interesting ride to get to know him a little bit. Yeah, I bet it's been an interesting journey for you having to having the opportunity to be on the inside of so many different functions and being so close to the president of the United States. Have you been, you've been a pastor for over 40 years, I believe, right outside of D.C. in Maryland. You've got a double doctorate from Harvard University. You're a brilliant individual. Did you ever think that you'd be or have you ever been this close to a to a sitting U.S. president? No, I never thought, let me correct one thing, I don't have a double doctor from Harvard. I have a Harvard MBA. I've been awarded several doctorates. But Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't want Harvard to call you. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right, and they probably would too. But yes, but I did earn a degree from Harvard uh, Business School. I have an MBA. So that's because I know a little bit of talking about it. and uh, but what's interesting is that I never really aspired to be involved in political work. I, my training, I wanted to be a businessman. God called me into ministry, and as I have been on this route of pursuing ministry, it seems that the Lord has given me assignments to pray and to minister to people from different streams and different walks of life. And so it's been my delight to get to know this president, to get to know other presidents. Uh, I've had the privilege of having input in the government for many years now. So that's been my delight. It's kind of a shock. For kids from Avondale region in Cincinnati, Ohio, to be at the White House. And for those who don't know Avondale, 
It's the boys with the boys who go together. It's not where people who are high uh, stature and status uh, come from. Uh, so I couldn't count that a perfect. Well, it's been an absolute amazing journey to watch over the last few years. And I, I just feel so honored to have been able to get personally connected with you. I know we spoke at an event a month or so ago, about right before this whole pandemic kind of thing uh, broke out and are, are planning to hopefully be able to uh, execute a tour later on this year. If we can get past all this social distancing and carry out our plans, it's been a truly, it's been yes. truly an honor to get to uh, uh, spend time with you and really learn more about who you are and just see you in action to be in the room that we were with all those pastors and leaders and just watch how you were able to take what a person was sharing and help them share their own message and actually craft their message even greater and pulling out the, the nuggets. It's, it's a wisdom that truly I think only comes from, from a long time of doing it and doing it well. And you've, you've got that mastered pretty well, my brother. It's, uh, it's been truly an honor. I want to jump into this really quick because just this last Friday, last Good Friday, just last week, Good Friday, you had the chance to pray literally in the Oval Office. And uh, I'm pretty sure all of America and probably the world saw it. Let's uh, take a second and just watch and enjoy this together. And then I want to ask you a little bit about more of it. Lord, let the death angel pass over. Let there be a mitigation of this plague, this disease. Let medical science come forth. Lord, let us come out with a thriving economy. That silver and gold spoken of in that passage, let it be our portion. And then, God, as we face other challenges in the future, Lord, cover us with a cloud by day and a fire by night. But in this great land that was set up to glorify your name, we want to break, we come against the spirit of division. Lord, let E. Purvis Unum be a reality in us. Let there be a uniting of America. Heal the divide between race, class, and gender. Once again, give this great man our president and give the vice president wisdom beyond their natural limitations. Give them insights so they can cover us, lead us, and bless us. We bless them and America in Jesus' name. Be encouraged. Hope is on the way. Amen. I loved every part of that, Bishop. Absolutely, truly was a blessing to hear you pray that, to speak that, and to speak that blessing over our president. What was the president's response maybe before or after the event? I know you have uh, ample time to, sp to speak directly to just him and the vice president. Just give us some inside feedback, whatever you can share on the president's demeanor and, and his, uh, his thoughts going into and, and on that Good Friday and going into Easter Sunday. Well, I've seen him in many different situations. I was there the day that they announced that they were going to have an impeachment spot. I was in the room with him with about 12 evangelical leaders. So I've seen him a little bit distraught, uh, it seems to me, but always that bold posture, hey, they're maybe attacking me, but I can handle what I saw at the White House on Friday was a 
genuine compassion, uh, something that many don't see. I know the man has compassion. I know he's a problem solver. I know he wants to help the least of these because yes. of all these meetings. But you could see the weight of carrying that on his shoulders. As a pastor, I know what it feels like for family to tell you that one of their loved ones is about uh, knocking on death's door and my transition. Uh, I know what that kind of weight feels like. So I saw that fatherly burden upon his shoulders. Later on, he mentioned that he was going to have to make the biggest decision of his lifetime in these next few days. So you can see that weight exchange we had talked about various things about public speaking and making these huge kinds of decisions. And so I was proud and thankful to be there. And I believe that God is going to have him make the right decision concerning opening up our economy again. And that's going to be really critical because if you do too early, people die. Mm. If you do too late, the economy dies. So it's really an amazing season. And um, Vice President Pence, uh, I've known him for years, uh, way back when he was in Congress, had a casual relationship with them as I worked the Family Research Council as one of their speakers and on their advisory board for uh, Tony Perkins. And I see the wisdom and the, how would you call it, ambassadorial grace mm. that's on my fence. He's a thoughtful man, chooses his word very carefully, but he's a true believer as a heart of gold and a heart full of wisdom. So it was a great time there at that moment. That was the second time I had been to the White House that week. I'd already taken the um, COVID test and all of that, and it was good to know that I didn't have it. Yes. <laughs> and as you know, I've, I've got all these issues. I'm a cancer survivor and um, had some heart issues brought on through the treatment for cancer and all of that. So I'm in a vulnerable category and it was great to see officially you don't have that. So uh, those are my top thoughts, but I do believe that everybody who's been praying for the president this time well invested. You can see his amazing leadership yet manifesting at this season. And he's given clear direction to the nation. And I believe our prayers really are working. The death angel passed over last weekend. People are yeah. now saying on all sorts of things that that actually happened that they've seen the worst is behind us and we're looking forward.
Well, I, I absolutely know that there's power in your prayers, believe in the power of prayer. And I think that when you shared that awesome. declaration from the Oval Office of the White House with the president agreeing in prayer, with vice president agreeing in prayer, uh, I, too, believe that uh, that the death angel has been averted from our country. It could have been a lot, lot worse. But now the president does have so much weight on his shoulders about opening up the economy. Speak to me about this, if you will, for a moment. I know that you are a, a pastor that has spoke. How many other presidents uh, have you have you spoken at events for? Have you spoken at events for past presidents, different events for different for different venues? I, I have, but it's only really been George Bush and him. I know that President Obama has been around when I've spoken. We did some things about the marriage issue in D.C., and I know that he was able to drive up to one of my events. But in terms of actually counseling the president, there's been two. The second term, George Bush, uh, the younger. Uh, I was at the White House many times, and pretty much this entire presidency with President Trump. So those have been my two major areas where I've actually been able to give input and be heard out, and that's been a blessing. Yeah, that is absolutely a blessing. I know I've heard from other pastors that have spoken for multiple presidents, and I've heard some. I've heard a central theme from several pastors that share that that a lot of past presidents, most of them actually, would want to know exactly what the pastor was going to say, what they were going to pray, or even what passage of scripture they were going to read from. But I've heard that this current president doesn't do that. Does he pretty much just give you the floor and and let you pray? Is he curious about what you're going to say, or does he dictate at all what you may be saying or what you're going to pray? No, he's more spontaneous. An example of that would be uh, Good Friday. They, I had a time route that I knew I was supposed to be within. I did not have to clear scriptures, passages. Mm. I didn't have to say, or they can tell me that other areas of political life don't pray in Jesus' name. There were none of those limitations. I remember when the first step act was passed, I was at the White House celebrating presence on the on the um, the dais. I remember him calling people out of the audience to share their thoughts. They weren't even prepared to share, really. He loved the spontaneity of the moment. So that's different. Because most politicians want to say everything. They want to protect themselves against some fumble or bumble problem that people like me might bring forth. But you know, he is not like that. And that's exciting. And I think it's refreshing. And everyone should know that if you hear President Trump, you're getting gut level honesty most of the time. You can see that in his daily briefings that he's got a lot of information up here and he's speaking from the heart. 
Yes. Well, I, I appreciate that from him. I've been enjoying and, and appreciative of the fact that he's bringing his press briefings to, directly to the public, bypassing the mainstream media and most of their, it's like a nonstop onslaught of twisting the facts, trying to catch him in gotcha moments. And those reporters in there just continue to do that. I think it's waking the American people up though, because they get to see and hear the president just speak directly to people and to the reporters and to us. And they see and hear how he responds. How important has it been, do you think? How important is it that let's talk to the black community for a minute? How important is it or or and what what has this president done that we need him to do again in 2020 in, and till 2024 for the black community? How how much impact has the president and his policies benefited the black community since he's been in office? Well, I think prior to this pandemic, the unemployment level going so low, it's really been amazing. Also, I think criminal justice reform has affected many of our families. People get a chance in life. I think that is the news. Also, if you look at the opportunity zones, the creation of such a thing and behind the scenes, he's been working and really focused on home ownership. You know, I'm writing a book that's going to come out, and it's the working title is Manifesto. And I talk about an American Christian roadmap to the future. And one of the things that African Americans have to deal with is wealth creation. Only 41% of African Americans own their own home. And home ownership, as you know, we are talking about this because we've been traveling on the road. We've been talking about life. We've been talking about family. We've been talking about many, many issues that have moral weight, but also pragmatic consequences for our daily daily life. If you leave only an apartment and your apartment dweller all your life, to your descendants, you may only pass on three, four, five, ten thousand dollars. If you leave a home, it's more like average $156,000 or up. That's wow. the average. So you can pass on generational wealth. One of the disparities in blacks and whites is the need for educational reform, need for this wealth creation. You are an employer, David, and I think you embody a new generation of black Christians. You love the Bible, but you also have a black. You also have a sphere of influence. And people who give jobs create jobs, as the president is helping the minority community to now, can shape the destiny of individuals. What you do for a living influences your whole life. And so I've just ticked off a few of the things that the president has done for us. I believe as we get through this coronavirus, he's going to be back to creating economic opportunities. And that's on the justice side of the legend. See, I believe that left versus right thinking, my book talks about this, is not the way to look at politics anymore. We should look at things from a righteousness 
and justice, meaning righteousness issues are things that cause us to have right standing, such as being for life, for family, for marriage, anti things like gambling or things that would dissipate your resources and your opportunities. But the Christian community has heretofore only looked at righteousness issues. Black Christians, Hispanic Christians, Asian Christians also look through the lens of justice. And they want to be included. They want similar education as a majority. They want similar job opportunities as yep. a majority. Yes. They want the opportunity to move through the levels of class and access. In other words, we want America to be a meritocracy, not just you get forward, go forward on the basis of your merit, your skills, your ability to produce. We don't want a class-driven, race-driven exclusion factor in our culture. So there are many, many, many things that we can talk about, but I simply say that book we're writing will deal with it means for all people in America to be empowered, to spell out the word empowered in that book. And we talk about the way that we can advance and set forth a new American dream is what King saw as his dream is what I believe God envisioned when he allowed those folks to land the Plymouth Rock mm. and have a Mayflower conference that he saw land based on biblical principles where every individual can live up to their God-given potential and live out to calling their destiny under God. Well, I cannot wait until that book drops, Bishop. I will definitely uh, would love to have you back on. Can't wait to read it. And would love to have you back on and talk about it. Answer me one question. I know we've got to run, but answer me one more question. So many people tried to give Barack Obama credit for the booming economy over this last three years, pre-COVID-19. Answer me, if you if you would, in your opinion, is there any reason whatsoever to give the economy that we've experienced before COVID-19 with record low unemployment, with job growth, when all this amazing things happening through the tax reform uh, bill, is there any way, shape or form that Obama should take any credit for the last three years of the economy? No, I don't think so. I think he did his job. I want to give Obama the credit of saying he stood his ground, he broke the glass ceiling of race, first black president. I'm yes, so thankful for that. Many of the people in my congregation and my world never thought they'd see that. But I didn't. I think we have, yeah, but what we all have a tendency when we highly esteem people for one achievement to maybe kind of bring them into icon status. I think we needed in this speaking to kind of roll up your sleeve businessman that Trump is. And I think that he should not be denied credit for getting this 
engine of our economy moving. And I would dare predict and pray and maybe even prophesy that you're going to see post-COVID this economy recover because of the wise decisions, business-oriented, problem-solving decisions that this president has made. And uh, I think that more minorities need to vote for this man and promote the agenda that he's espousing with righteousness and justice in the policies. They don't need to vote personality. They need to vote the policies. And that's my central thing. And again, thank God for Obama and his place in history. But I also thank God that in this season uh, that he's brought uh, Donald Trump to royal position to the presidency for such a time as this. That's what the Bible says, Esther alone, to the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, you know, the president, before he was president, Donald Trump was a problem solver. Think about the woman woman rink in New York, the, the rink, the ice skating rink that had been broken down and unused for years. The city went through millions of dollars and several years it still sat there. And the president stepped in and got it solved and got it fixed and up and running within a few months and did it under budget. Uh, that's just one example of how this man uses his business skills to make things better. I believe I agree with you 100 percent. It's his hard work ethic, his roll up his sleeves and use his business knowledge and experience to that, that created the booming economy. And I agree with you. It's going to take him to get us out of this current economic state that we're in because of this current pandemic. So Bishop, any, any last words you'd like to say, what are your thoughts about getting through this pandemic? What are your feelings about, uh, about the rest of this year? Uh, share with us your last thoughts. Well, we've got to get ready for this transformation. I'm telling Christian leaders and anyone who listen, we have to aim at the target. Aim is really uh, an apostate, and I believe our whole lives will depend as we go forward on alignment. Who are you aligned with? Who are you listening to? Who's in your ear? Spiritual authority, idea, breakthrough, people you're listening to, whether they're hearing people like you right now, uh, listening to this podcast is a thing. So there needs to be spiritual and natural alignment. And I speaks of intercession, praying. I believe this weekend um, something shifted because millions of people cried out to God over the weekend. And many have been praying for many different streams, every denomination. We must pray our way through. And I believe that if we're accountable, again, that alignment, and we pray, and God gives us mercy. Mm. And I believe that he wants to do that. The last M is the most important, that's three levels. And that is mobilization. Things have shifted. The way we do business will shift after this. 
the way we yes. do church will shift after this. The way we entertain, and I even believe that you're going to go in and find that restaurants are going to be shaped, laid out differently for social interaction. You're going to see a myriad of things we never dreamed of shifted. So we have got to then mobilize and maximize and monetize changes in how we do life. So let's go to the church real quick. If a church is going to be successful, you're going to now have to have major social media platforms, not just meeting close proximity one with another. That's going to require for many of the masses. We're also going to have to learn how to use the new skills that people are developing in this season of time. And then I think finally, monetizing how we deliver goods, services, even ministry, how people connect with us, share with us. All of this is going to change industry by industry by industry. And if we'll take aim and decide we're going to move into this accelerated 21st century economy, I believe we're going to come out with a more technologically advanced economy and like Israel, we're going to see creativity abound. So that's my take on it. Well, I love it, Bishop. I love every aspect of it. Need to be aligned. We got to pray. We've got to mobilize and monetize. I cannot wait to read your book. Thank you so much, Bishop Harry Jackson Jr., for joining me today, for bringing our viewers and listeners uh, on the inside of what it's like to be in the Oval Office, speaking to America, praying for the president, praying for our country, and giving us all hope. I truly believe and felt that you gave us all hope. You ended it with hope is on the way. Be encouraged. So truly a blessing and a privilege, Bishop. Thank you so much. And we will see you uh, again next time. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Was truly an honor to have Bishop Harry Jackson on today's show. Friends, please continue to pray for him and pray for the president. What he shared as far as the demeanor, the shift that's changed in the president, I cannot even imagine literally feeling the weight of the entire country and literally the world on your shoulders. But I truly believe that President Donald Trump was born for this moment. He will bring us through it. He will bring us out of it. And we will climb out of this economic slump with a fire, with a burning desire to go to work, to champion our First Amendment rights, to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to work. And I truly believe that this president will create an economic boom like our country has never seen. So please, if this podcast blessed you, please share it with a few friends. Make sure you give me uh, five stars if you like what you hear, and please write a review that also goes a long way to help me build this podcast platform and reach more people with the truth. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.